Welcome to From the Heart, the Diocese of Salina's official podcast. We hope you enjoy these stories and testimonies from our diocesan brothers and sisters that are straight from the heart. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome back to another episode of From the Heart, and this is a sit-down with the superintendent. I'm Jeff Andrews, superintendent of schools for the Diocese of Salina, and today I'm joined by uh, Father John Molesky from Solomon. So, Father, you are a priest or pastor at Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Solomon, as well as St. Patrick in Gypsum, correct? Correct. All right, just wanted to make sure. I did some research before, so... Uh, but then I looked up, you were ordained in 1950, 60, wait, 1967. I wrote it down, 1967. That's a little bit before I was born. So you've been a priest for 56 years mm-hmm. in the dice. That is, that's incredible. Thank you for, thank you for everything you do for us and um, not just your parishioners, but everybody across the diocese. That is awesome. So we started these little sit-downs. I'm going to talk about a few things and just so we get to know you a little bit more and I've enjoyed getting to know you just from a few conversations that we've had, so thought this could be a fun, a fun discussion as well. So I want to start with, um, you know, your early life. Where did you grow up? I know you're not from the Salina Diocese. Well, I grew up in Owatonna, Minnesota, in uh, the Winona Rochester Diocese. The name of that diocese, by the way, has changed since uh, just the last couple of years. Uh, it was the Winona Diocese. Went to St. Mary's College in Winona. Spent the first uh, 22 years of my life basically there. And during my senior year in college, I ended up uh, called in by the bishop, and he said, "You know, we've got a large. You've got a large class." And I said, "Yeah." And, uh, he said, "I've asked one other. The bishop has asked one of the other uh, uh, your classmates at you to to study for a more rural diocese. And if you look in the hall of bishops, you'll see Bishop Frecking way down." Uh, in the first uh, third or a little bit more. And okay. he, he was uh, from uh, Huron Lake, Minnesota. And uh, he had been a, a spiritual director at the North American, uh, just as our present bishop had been. Yeah. And he was made bishop uh, and came back and was assigned just as the bishop was here from out of state to uh, uh, this diocese. and. So he, every time he had an excuse, he went home to see uh, the bishop, and he was one of 13 <laughs> kids. And uh, we'd see him often uh, when we were down at the cathedral uh, singing and helping out in college and yeah. we were in seminary. And uh, But he recruited a couple of us, uh, taught, twisted the arm of the bishop up there. Had you ever been to Kansas prior to that? No. No? No. Nope. <laughs> so all, all new land, was, all, all new territory for you. Uh-huh. Man, that's a... Quite a courageous, I guess, feat to just say, "Hey, you're moving, and here's where you're going—a place you've never been." Well, I mean, actually, what he did was he called me in right before Easter vacation, my senior year, the, and uh, the rector of the seminary happened to be the at that time was uh, uh, a bishop. He was uh, an auxiliary bishop, Bishop Speltz, and he had taught me, and he'd been there all the time. Uh, he was the first rector of the seminary, and. Uh, they made him auxiliary, and then he went to St. Cloud. But he ordained me to the priesthood. Now, and for this diocese, in a, out of, uh, uh, in my home parish in Owatonna, Minnesota, Sacred Heart. But uh, he called me in, and he said, well, John, he said, you can go to St. Paul Seminary, but you're a little deficient in Latin. And, <laughs> uh, and that was a big deal in those days. Yeah. I'd gone to the Catholic high school like 
Well, similar to uh, what we'd have here in uh, Salina, to yeah. Sacred Heart, but same number of students and all. And during my so- freshman and sophomore year, I you didn't take your Latin studies seriously in high school. Is that what you're saying? Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I learned as much as I needed just to get by. And uh, I've uh, done that before in a class or two myself. Uh huh. And uh, anyhow, that showed up, and uh, oh. Those years of that I was in the uh, college and, and major seminary were in the time of changes. Uh-huh. And right in the middle of all that, St. John uh, the 23rd was the Pope. Somebody put something in front of his face, and he signed it that we, we all ought to learn all of our stuff in the seminary in Latin. And some seminaries, and Monsignor Hake and I talked about this recently, uh, some try to do it all year. Uh, but at the St. Paul Seminary, where my classmates, most of them went, it lasted a week, and then they, they, they threw it out. Then they, they went back? Said, yeah, the, the, the profs couldn't even handle it. Oh, man. It's kind of like a Kansas State Department of Education. All of a sudden, you get things handed down that you don't expect. You're like, okay, I guess we'll have to switch to this, and then they change back, and they change their mind, and some schools do it, and some don't, and it's, you got to be flexible, I guess, everywhere. But anyway, I, I said uh, yes, and... The, the, the so, then history. so then your first uh, parish in Salina, you were 1967, uh, parochial vicar of St. Francis Xavier in Junction City. Yes, there were three of us priests there at that time. Oh, wow. And still, were there still a lot of like Fort Riley connections to the parish in Junction City as well? Or? Oh, definitely. Okay. Uh, we were doing, the, the, we were doing uh, it was during the Vietnam War, uh-huh. and there was a draft army on. And so all, we had a lot of young kids that, I mean, I was old. I mean, we would have coffee and donuts after every Mass, and these guys just wanted to see somebody that, that, that was not in, a, in, in their uniform. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was was a great experience. But, you know, uh, it, we, we, I can remember getting serenaded at 2 o'clock in the morning uh, when some of the guys would leave the tavern and, and, and be walking back they'd, to the city. They'd come down and sing to you? <laughs> well, not, not really. They, they were singing out loud, just in walking the streets, down the street. Yeah. But, you know, when it's at 2 o'clock in the morning, even in Junction City, it's pretty quiet. It's not like living at the cathedral here across the street. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, my gosh. So you might hear sirens, people walking up and down. I mean, all day during the day out my window, I, there, I did not realize how much happens in downtown Salina and how loud it is. Father John, I can't help but notice when I look at the assignments that you've had over the years, you've been at a lot of parishes that have schools connected. So Junction City, Plainville, Manhattan. Um, You've been here in Salina, Tipton, Ellis. And I know schools are tough when when you're a pastor. You've got your parish and you've got your school. Is that, you know, being in Solomon now for so long, is it kind of nice not having a school with it? Or you miss the students, or I just know, I mean, I, schools I, are I a lot miss, of work. I know they're a lot of work, and uh, I loved uh, teaching, and with the help of Father McCarthy of Happy Memory, he uh, did a lot in this diocese, and he was uh, a foreigner that came in, too, for he came in from Texas. Okay. But uh, he was great at pushing schools, and he pushed me to get my uh, Kansas certification, because I was prepared in Minnesota I had I had done practice teaching in the whole business, but when I came from Minnesota to Kansas, they they were they wanted me to take a couple of courses in Kansas history, and uh, in order to get mine and 
so I, I got turned down, and I didn't have the time to do it. Yeah. And I was teaching at, at St. X, and I, then I, uh, after that, I went to uh, Manhattan. And in Manhattan, I got caught in kind of a, a ringer, uh, in a way. Um, there were two of us priests there, and the third was uh, Father uh, Merlin Kiefer came in. He was at yeah. Ogden, and he was he did a lot of school work too. But uh, I was. I followed Father Metro, mm -hmm. and whom the kids all loved, like everyone has loved Father Metro all his life. Yeah, and uh, he just uh, been like a big teddy bear and a spiritual director for an awful lot of us. And uh, anyway, he uh, he uh, he moved out, and I got moved in there in October, and oh. uh, and there were fifty five kids in one class and forty five in the other of junior high. And I was to Whoa. teach these kids. And at that time, we were just coming out of the time when sisters used to do that in the schools. I, my brother... You would, you'd never put 45 kids in a classroom today. It almost destroyed my confidence. That uh, it would destroy going. anybody. <laughs> but, my, but the principal at that time, she's gone now. And the pastor, who was the best, my best friend, best pastor I ever had, Father Jim Grennan, uh, but uh, they didn't understand this because they'd, they'd come in and been out, both of them at one time or another had been out in western Kansas, and they'd had smaller classes. Yeah. They, they didn't understand what the, they just thought that everybody would march up in line just the way they were. Yeah. I thought that's what they did back in the day in schools. Kids just sat there and listened. They weren't, they weren't perfect like I hear all the time, that the kids in the 70s just sat there and listened. Not so, yeah. I, I, I remember what we did to a, a priest that moved in like that when I was a kid in, in uh, the Catholic uh, uh, junior high in, in my hometown. Kids can kind of run a classroom. Oh, we, we, we were awful to that priest. Yeah. Oh, we were terrible to him. Yeah, I, I've always heard that, like, um, it was probably after my third, during my third year teaching, I really felt like I started to really get comfortable and know what I was doing. Those first two years were tough. And even like with this job as superintendent, I just finished year three. I still don't know what I'm doing some days and feel like I get hit by a bus all the time. So, Father John, I want to uh, ask you about, you mentioned earlier about um, working for bishops and being ordained since 1967. How many bishops in the Solana Diocese have you worked with? Could you, I mean, so Vinky, uh, Weisenberg, Coakley, Fitzsimmons. Yeah, and then uh, Archbishop Cassera. Who was um, became Archbishop of Dubuque after he left here? He was here yeah. four years, and then uh, Bishop Vogel. Uh, and Bishop Vogel came in here in '65. Uh, the 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 bishop that recruited me, uh, Frecking, mm -hmm. uh, he wasn't even here when I got here. He got he got you here <laughs> then left. He, he he got his promotion. He he <laughs> built a lot of things around the diocese and. Uh, some of them that we've had to remake a little bit and, yeah. uh, uh, over the years. I remember the older men when I was up in uh, Washington, Kansas, and they said, yeah, we were having trouble with water in the basement at the, at the parish hall. And our parish, it was parish hall and basement, we, and they had a little tiny church. It had not be, had a residence. Was this in Washington or in Greenland? In Washington. In Washington. And, and they said... He wanted it built low so the church didn't look so bad, but what happened was it flooded six inches uh, in the basement a couple of times, and we had to do some things that were almost illegal to get that water out of there. Oh. 
not just <laughs> parishioners with buckets. No, no, no. Well, we had we had we had better stuff than that, but uh, we had to get it to drain right, and uh, it wasn't really the way it was probably supposed to have been done, but it worked. That is something I did not realize was. I think a lot of us think, you know, our parish priest, you know, are, are there for the sacraments and they're there for to be, you know, pastoral. But whether it's finances, it's building projects, it's everything under the sun that you do. How how are you even trained during seminary for all that? Or is it just something you also learn along the way with experience when it comes to building projects? I think I learned an awful lot, thank God, from my parents and from my home life uh, in working for my father in his drugstore as a sweep-out boy, as a wash-dishes type of thing, and just listening to and waiting on on uh, the people coming into the store and waiting on trade. I mean, that, that was important. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, it that helped me an awful lot. At times, I felt like I'd been shortchanged in the sense that I didn't go off to the high school seminary at that age when an awful lot of the priests that are still in our diocese that are still working, mm-hmm. most of them are getting up near retirement age now, yeah. but that uh, they went to the high school seminary. And I thought, well, you know, because it made it a little rougher with the academics and, and getting into it. But I learned an awful lot to help me in high school because yeah. I played football. I played basketball. I won't say I was good as a master of, of uh, <laughs> a jack of all trades, master of none. What, but, uh, uh, what was your favorite football or basketball? I'd probably have to say basketball eventually. Yeah. Uh, in, in high school, was probably uh, was football. Uh, I was too small. Didn't realize it. You still enjoy watching sports today on TV or going oh, to Oh, definitely. A, okay. Speaking of hobbies and you watching sports, I want to talk a little bit about one of your hobbies I've learned about and flying. How long have you, or when did you start flying? Well, after I drove to the major seminary in uh, St. Louis from my hometown was 500 miles at a crack. They took the trains off. The first year I had a great deal of could get there easily by train. And they took the trains off and we had to drive. It was even illegal to have a car in the seminary, but I had to have one because my folks couldn't drive down every time I need to come yeah. and go. And I mean, it only we, of course, we only got off at Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter, but uh, uh, to really get away. But at the same time, uh, I got tired of driving, and then I drove out to Kansas a few times in theology yeah. school for different things out here, and it was another 500 miles and a full-day drive. And the cars that I drove sometimes left something to be desired. I, I didn't have any money. But, planes, oh, <laughs> but not money for a plane, though. I mean, planes cost more than cars, right? Uh, yes, but there had been a difference between theology school and, and becoming a priest. Yeah. My relatives and the people in my home parish in in Minnesota, were very generous to me, and uh, I had an old car. And if you see what I'm driving out here today, uh, it's even marked up uh, because uh, the county on the cheap uh, put yellow uh, markings down one day and didn't have blocking on the outside to slow us down. And there were 35 marks on the road between here and Solomon. Oh. where people went across. And, it, of course, it got the side of this old car that had been yeah. hailed out and everything else. But it's here. You can take a picture yeah, of it I'll if you like. Yeah, take a look at it. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll put it in the comments uh, of the podcast when we get to it. So I can't forget to take a picture because we're going to go to lunch after this. I'll drive so we don't have to drive in the painted-up car. 
Oh, so, yeah. Oh, 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 you, you, well, that's fine. <laughs> okay. I'm hurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we can ride in yours, too. <laughs> so. Um, so when, uh, when you flew, you'd fly back to Minnesota, but you'd also fly around the diocese, right? I mean, you'd... Be- well, what, I, what, what happened when I first got here, the first thing I did was I had enough money to get started. When I was in high school, I wanted to learn to fly. And actually, there was a priest in my hometown that helped me build a, a motorbike that probably wasn't legal of anything, but it ran. And he had built <laughs> I, one. I'm catching a theme. You said the basement you worked on probably wasn't legal. Now the, the <laughs> motorbike wasn't legal. You got these airplanes. So, <laughs> Well, anyway, um, he, um, I, I, got, I was interested in machinery, and, uh, it, uh, and I could understand it, and I... I bought an old car when I was in high school that my dad kind of, but he didn't really like it, but I, it, it, I made it work. Yeah. And I, went, I spent a lot of time in the junkyard and uh, learned how to put things together and take them apart. But when I got to Junction, I'd had enough money. I had an old car that we had overhauled. My brother-in-law and I and a, another helper, we overhauled it that summer. And so this old car that was a rust bucket uh, from Minnesota that I got in theology school, had a new motor. I wasn't going to get rid of that. I yeah. saved my money, put it away. And uh, so I drove that until it rusted out. I had a bunch of kids from uh, uh, Manhattan with me. Yeah, I was, We were at KU over in Lawrence for something. And the brakes went out. Uh, and that, oh, the, the, the pastor <laughs> said, you are getting a new car. <laughs> Uh, Especially if you had a transport student, no brakes. Yeah, <laughs> that could have been quite the headline. Uh huh. Yep. And it, we had no warning of it, but it a lot of things were rusty on it, and it, it actually rusted through the brake line. And uh, so I got a different car, and and he had it all arranged for me. Then I had a uh, this was a big old at that time three or four year old, but he knew it would be a good car. He was a Catholic dealer, and. Uh, it was a Chrysler, mm-hmm. a heavy Chrysler. And it was Walter like a P. Tank. Chrysler, boyhood home is in Ellis, Kansas. There you go. Don't I know? Yeah. Been there. Yeah. Been there a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, but the, back to the flying. Uh, when I got there, I asked the associate, the other associate, if we had a, any pilots in the parish. He said, and that are instructors. And he said, yeah, I got one or two. Went to see him, and he was a gentleman who just got in the empty nest and his wife and they kind of adopted me, and uh, we would study at night, smoking a cigarette and having a highball and studying <laughs> the maps. And uh, I'm not kidding; that's yeah. serious. And, and we had a great time. And he would—he taught me how to fly. And I, I'll never forget. I walked up to him, and he was in the yard, and he was a tall man, and he had a little bit of a nose on him. And he kind of looked down his nose at me. I said, "I walked up dressed just like I am now," and uh, I said. Uh, Mr. Lutz, do you think you could teach me how to fly? And he looked down his nose at me. He says, well, Father, he says, if anybody can do it, I can do it. You got your pilot license in what year? Uh, 67, the year I was ordained. I uh, I mean, there were two of us in that parish, and the, the pastor wow. who, who was going to get help all the time. We didn't have that much work to do. Yeah. In the summertime especially. So I got got assigned there in March. Probably had my first lesson in April or, uh, no, I got there, I got, I was ordained in March. Got there in April, taught two months of school. 
But anyway, I uh, uh, moved on uh, and got my license. Actually, uh, the Blessed Mother, I think, had something to do with it because it was on uh, uh, her feast day in uh, uh, August 15th. Yeah. And so the assumption. And, huh. uh, do you still have a plane today or no? Have you gotten rid of all that? or? Well, yes and no. Uh, the, the, the correct answer is no, I do not own one anymore. But when I leave here today, I'm going to go out and fly with one of my buddies from the Civil Air Patrol. Oh, that's awesome. And, but he's with, with his airplane. But the, other, the airplane that I owned uh, now belongs to Bob Pauls. And uh, he's a parishioner down at... Uh, uh, St. Elizabeth. St. Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, Bob, Bob owns it and he rents it out. But about five years ago, we worked out a deal where... Uh, I could get rid of the airplane, and he could have a plane he could rent. And I just asked. Is he the one? It. He's got like a works has like a plane filling station. Don't they ref, refuel planes out there? That's yeah. Okay. Well, he doesn't have the refueling part of it. He's got the mechanic part. The mechanic of it. part. Okay. Well, I got a few other things for you, Father, and then we'll we'll wrap this up uh, with all your years of being a priest, and you know our liturgical calendar cyclical. Do you have a favorite part of the liturgical calendar? Like a certain, you know, liturgical celebration that you always look forward to celebrating that? I, I don't know. I, I look forward to, to every Sunday when I'm going to see the people. But I, you know, I just kind of flow with it. And I had an awful lot of liturgy built into my life before I ever entered the seminary. It is great to hear you say you look look forward to every Sunday and being with the people. And I'm sure your parishioners I'm a people see person. that. Yeah. yeah. That's I am too. That's that's one thing I I love my job, but being at the chanter all the time is hard. Yeah, there's people here and we we have a great staff, but I'm a school person. So I like I like going to the classrooms. I like being around the teachers and I like being at the sporting events and watching a play or something like that. Well not all the plays, Matea. We talk about that all the I just <laughs> I don't watch as many plays as I probably should, but uh, I just I'm a people person. And well, I go to all the ball games that I can that are, you know, pertain. And uh, although I'm not as, as gung-ho at running over to K-State like I used to be with when it takes four, three or four hours to get there and then three or four to get home. And, and, and then, you what know. Are you, are you walking there? How's it take you three to four hours to get to Manhattan? They're, they're the 50,000 people oh, packing them yeah, and unpacking okay. them. Yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I lived in I lived in that town when I could get when I if I left the the game at the right time, I had to get back for confessions. Uh, And you could make it probably, right? Well, I couldn't get the pastor to move at fifteen minutes because I I sometimes had to leave right at at about the end of the of the third or the beginning of the fourth quarter, and uh, be back on time. uh, Well, Father, I got one more question for you. This is just kind of off the wall, but. So I moved to Ellis in 1997. I moved there as a Lutheran uh, kid. So I did. I saw you were there in '91. We wouldn't even pass and across. But I worked at Alloway's Restaurant. Do you remember Alloway's? That was the one up on the. I think it was the only restaurant they had about the time I was there. Yeah, wasn't that? That's what I was say. Did you ever go there for a chicken dinner, or buffet, or anything Boy, like sure. that? Oh, sure. Oh, good. That's I just. That's all I wanted to know. I want to know? Hey, what was the? So what's the place to eat in Solomon? Is there anywhere that? We've only got one place in. Uh, it's it's kind of a beer hall. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and it, it's very nice. They have, uh, they have burgers or anything you can get? Or? Uh, it, that's all you can oh. get. You can get their, their, whatever they make that day. That's what you get. Pretty much what you get. But they, they, you can, you, well, they got a, a menu, 
But it, it's all uh, in the form of, uh, you know, some kind of, I, I, I'm no expert on food. I, I go to the senior center and eat with a bunch of old people like me. Well, and I've what? done that since before I was of age even <laughs> to go there, I, just to, to see people. I've always thought about going to the senior center for lunch, and I'd, I'd never have. Maybe today will be the day, because we're going to go to lunch after this, but I don't know where we're going to go yet. So I got some ideas, but... Wait and see what you say. Well, so, I don't care. Yeah. Well, Father, thank you so much for joining us on uh, this sit down with the superintendent. And the, we appreciate all that you do and uh, looking forward to maybe doing this again sometime. Well, we just got started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our, our listeners might not have four hours to listen to all this. So. I know. I, okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to From the Heart. Please subscribe and remember to tune in next time where you'll hear more stories across the Diocese of Salina. 